Good morning. Today is Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. There is a fascinating, cryptic, mysterious passage at the end of our Parsha, the Migdal Bavel, the Tower of Babel. The people gather together. They build this tower. God is angry. And God disperses them into different places. What's particularly fascinating is the way the evil of this group of people is introduced. The Torah says, Vayihi kol ha'aretz safa achas udvarim achadim and it was that all the people of the land spoke one language. Now, that's a little hard to understand why that is the setting of a terrible problem that God is going to be angry with and respond to. It sounds wonderful. Everybody's together. Everybody's talking the same language. It sounds like achtus, like unity. How is that the setting for something that is very, very bad? And by the time we get to the end of this, the solution, the fixing that God does is he disperses people into different people, in, into different places with different languages. How is the outcome better than the problem. It sounds like the problem is better than the outcome. The whole subject is hard to understand. And another aspect that's fascinating is that there are so many different opinions among classic Jewish commentators about what exactly did they do wrong. And a survey of all of those opinions is itself fascinating to understand how different scholars understand what the problem was. But what I'd like to share with you today is an approach that I think is true, and I think that it's particularly relevant to us today. And it's based on an insight of Rabbi Shamshur Folhersh. Let's start the Pusik one more time. The first Pusik that I read. And it was that all the people of the earth spoke Now, those two phrases, one language, and one way of speaking, seem to be synonyms. But Rav Hirsch points out that they are not. Safahas, he writes, is language, the phonetic sameness of speech, the sound of language. They all spoke the same language. Dvarim achadim is different. Dvarim achadim is the sameness of the formation of words and sentences, which is brought about by the same mental agreement about the way things are looked at. 
In other words, one is the same language to express ideas, but the other is the same ideas, the same outlook, the same philosophy, the same approach to life. Now, on the surface, what Hearst says seems to make our problem even more difficult. If they were all aligned, if they had a commonality not only of language, but of outlook and philosophy and expectations in life, isn't that certainly ideal? And this is a very deep truth. And it's something that we are struggling with right here in Quebec and in many places ar around the world. And that is when a relationship, when a society is based on commonality of language and based on commonality of thinking, that's not achtos. That's not unity. That is tribalism. That is a group of people who are able to get along as long as everyone agrees with me. The problem with that is that the moment someone has a different idea, the moment that someone expresses themselves in a slightly different way, the moment someone's behavior is slightly different than mine, then they're outside the tribe. Then they're not entitled to being welcomed as part of the group. That is the opposite of Achtus. This is something that we face right here in Quebec with various laws that have been passed, Bill 21, Bill 96, where the larger society is unable to grapple with people who speak different languages, who have different beliefs, who dress differently, who want to express themselves differently, not just have a difficulty with such people, but are not willing to include them within the group. And this is happening in places all over the world where there is this inability to welcome, to recognize the validity of different approaches, different ideas, different languages, different views, different appearances. Listen, please, to the words of Rabbi Moshe Shauli of Blessed Memory. He was a rabbi of the previous generation, and at the time that he was alive, he was one of the most respected rabbis among Iranian Jews. And he oversaw many Jews from Iran making Aliyah to Israel and eventually being absorbed and living in Israel. But extremely important to his outlook is he did not strive to create a uniform Israeli personality. He wrote as follows. Our land is a gathering land, the land of Israel, 
a land that gathers her sons and daughters to return to her from all corners of the earth, from more than 100 countries who speak more than 80 languages. Each ethnic group has its own manners, its own customs. Those who preach to merge all ethnic groups into one do not know how big the loss and the damage from this merger will be. A vase with different flowers of a myriad hues and smells is much more preferable and much more beautiful than a monotonous vase in which there are only flowers of one kind and one color. We have to keep the uniqueness within the unity. At the time of the Migdal Bavel, the Tower of Babel, the outlook of people was we want one view of humanity, one approach. And if you differ, then you're outside. Then you cannot be included. Then you are not part of us. They had a view of society that for peace, for cohesion, for welcoming, needed sameness. But God says something very different. There's an amazing line in the Talmud attributed to God. Kashem shepartzufehim enam shavim, kach en deosehin shavim. God created mankind and we all descend from one couple, Adam and Eve. But just as our faces are different one from another, so too our manner is different. Our ways of being are different. Our ways of expressing ourselves are different. Our ways of understanding the world are different. And all of them, all of us, descend from one maker, one parent, from God. Now, it's not so hard to understand the view of the people of Migdal Bavel, the Tower of Babel, just as it's not so hard to understand the view of the majority that seeks to impose its outlook, its way of expressing itself on every minority. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs wrote, people fear people not like them. This has been a source of violence for as long as there has been human life on earth. The stranger, the foreigner, the outsider is almost always seen as a threat. But what if the opposite is the case? What if people not like us enlarge rather than engender and endanger our world. Last week I spoke with you 
about the amazing concept of Tzelem Elohim, that every human being is created in the image of God. An amazing contribution. But let me point out one further detail. Because that concept of Tzelem Elohim, that every human being is created in the image of God, is mentioned in two places in the Torah. Now, last week I quoted to you from the Parsha Bereshis in the first chapter of Genesis, where God, where the Torah says, God created Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, but Salmo in his image. But the same idea is repeated in our Parsha, the Parsha of Noach, in the ninth chapter of Bereshis. The same concept, but a very different context. Because in the first chapter of Bereshis, God says to Adam and Chava, to Adam and Eve, you are created in my image. God is saying to me, I am created in God's image. That's an amazing, amazing concept. But in chapter 9, in our Parsha, God says, the other person is created in my image. Just as you are, so too the other is created in my image. And in a sense, that's an even greater challenge for us to appreciate. Because this idea is really a life-changing idea. It means that the greatest religious challenge is can I see God's image in one who is not my image? Can I see God's image in one whose color or class or culture or belief or language is different than mine. This is the very practical challenge that is posed to us by the Migdal Bovel, by the Tower of Babel. Can I see the image of God in the face of a stranger? Because that is precisely what God demands of me. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.